You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody. So, uh, yes, good morning. here we are, live from Williamsburg, Virginia, at the AACA annual convention. And uh, we're just having a, having a great time. You're uh, over in the next room for feedback protection purposes, sequestered, yes. selling your crankshaft magazines. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the trade room, and... Uh, it's great weather here in Williamsburg. It's just refreshing from uh, being in Philadelphia every winter with the cold and the wind, and you can't park your car. So this is this is a wonderful location, and people are now walking into the trade room. So if it gets a little noisy in the background, I'll try to hide under the table, folks, so, uh, to suppress some of that noise. But, uh, yeah, so far so good. It's been a good convention. Well, at, at, at your height, I want to pop in and see you trying to hide under the table. That'll be a that'll be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we get rolling into the annual convention, and of course, you know, we have a surprise guest coming on um, shortly. So we're not going to blow it. We want it to be a surprise. So, but. Tell us a little bit about the next issue of Crankshaft Magazine. You know, I haven't even talked to you about that. So, you know, enlighten me. What do we got to look forward to? Well, funny you should ask. We have some really interesting cars coming up in issue number six. We have a 1914, uh, ooh, 1914, I think it's a Royal, which is a, a Detroit-made car, very rare. Looks like a Mercer race about. We have a 1938 BMW 328, which is a stunning automobile. I photographed that down in Miami. And uh, let me see. Oh, a 62 Pontiac Catalina Super Duty with the aluminum front end. Guy's owned it since wow. the 70s. And it's, nev- it's never been seen in magazines before. Of course, it's, it's black. And it's absolutely stunning, and this is going to be the first time it's ever been shown. So we got that going on, and uh, gee, we have a, a piece on uh, Nomads, Chevy Nomads that were made for Bill Mitchell and some of the higher-ups at Chevrolet. They were, you know, customized slightly, tweaked, and, uh, you know, we got some coach-building articles about the streamlined era of the Art Deco era that Walt Gosden is doing. So, uh, yeah, we got some interesting cars coming up in the next issue. Yeah. Excellent. So, you know, just again, just to say, and uh, I think our mystery guest may have arrived. I I think I heard that in the background. Um, So is that you, Stephen L. Moskowitz, the uh, celebrated uh, CEO of AACA? Yeah, I guess it is. (laughs) Well, good morning, Mr. Moskowitz. Welcome to the show. Long, long time no see. Yes, long time no see. You've been hiding from us, though, so try to hide I, from I Richard have. and I. You can run, but you can't hide. I'm just telling you. Okay. Good morning, Steve. 
Good morning. Good morning, David. So how's about uh, giving everyone a little rundown on all the excitement that you guys have put together here at the AACA Annual Convention here in Williamsburg this year? Uh, yeah, we've got 470 people uh, in attendance. We have a, a nice side trade show, size trade show with um, various different vendors, uh, including a guy that's racing some remote control cars and uh, having people compete for a prize and uh, lots of merchandise and uh, lots of information about upcoming events that are going on there. We've had a, a full day of some really amazing seminars. Um, they've been well attended, and people are are talking well about them. Uh, this morning is mostly about judging schools. Uh, we've got several different judging schools going on where um, people can get caught up for the upcoming year and all of our events and uh, get a manual and uh, make sure they're doing their proper job. And we've had a couple nice dinners, uh, had a great pizza party, had a great Regions dinner last night, some entertainment afterwards, and we'll finish up today with uh, a general membership meeting um, and uh, conduct a lot of business and talk with our members about what's going on and listen to anything that they've got to say to us and tonight is the the grand finale with a black tie optional dinner so that we can honor uh, our car award winners uh, people that won awards for the best Chevrolet the best Pontiac the best truck you know things of that nature and we've got uh, quite a few award winners there and we'll have some service award winners, uh, people that have done special things for the hobby. And, of course, we recognize some of our best webmasters and master editors. So uh, pretty jam-filled weekend. Uh, we had uh, uh, several tours in the area on Thursday uh, that people got to uh, see some of the historic uh, places here in uh, Williamsburg, which, of course, is a pretty historic area for this country so people seem uh, engaged and enjoying themselves and uh, I've even seen a few at the bar in Bybee so it's been a good week ah, have you now so they have some yeah, adult have. beverages available too not not that you and Richard would have been the ones partaking of it but uh, no no of course well, not no not we would just, never, just, just, would never just, take just, that no, no, I just I a frosty Dr. Pepper for me. Uh, I hope your listeners recognize that, that you guys would not be involved in any untoward uh, things here. No, no no shenanigans, no mayhem. Rich and I no. are just steady as she goes, you know. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we try to provide you some balance. That's exactly yeah, what we, we try to do. We had a few people think, ask who those two monks were over in the corner, but... Uh, I, I told him you really weren't monks. You were maybe closer to monkeys than monks. <laughs> nice. So, Steve, nice. how? So, Steve, how how, how many uh, awards are we giving out tonight at the big banquet? Um, there were sixty-two winners of the car awards. Uh, uh, Fifty were able to make it here tonight, which is a you know pretty oh. normal uh, 
between people being out of the country and people being sick and stuff, we always lose a few. And then we've got, uh, I think, uh, 18 service awards, um, over 30 master editor awards, and uh, about 10 webmaster awards. So it's pretty full evening. Hmm. Good. It's going to be a fun evening. Looking forward to it. So, um, you know, everyone, you know, pretty much characterizes this evening as the uh, Oscars of the restoration hobby. You know, I know I'm, you know, I haven't given you any uh, heads up on this, so you're going to be, you know, coming in, coming in hot. But okay. tell everybody a little bit about, you know, what it takes to get to a national award level within AACA. Just just a brief little description, you know. 15, yeah, it 20 starts, minutes. <laughs> um, it, it's pretty simple procedure. You know, we, in our club, for people that put their cars in the judge classes, we I remind all your listeners, we do have classes for cars that uh, are unrestored. We do have classes for cars that are driven to cruise-ins and they have some minor modifications but for those that that enter into our class judging system um, they know that the cars if they want to compete on a national level and go up the chain of, of uh, awards that we have going from a first junior all the way up to a, a grand national they know the cars have to be right and so we have a team of roughly 21 uh, people, which includes Tom, who uh, go through the show field, and we each have our section of cars to look at, and we are looking at the the most outstanding examples of uh, what we're looking at, and we nominate those folks, and uh, once a year, we meet as a team, and we approach you if you like, and this is a new quarterly magazine. And I've heard about this. You're competing with Richard, but just keep rolling. Okay. All right. Going on. So, um, you know, once a year, we we meet and we ask the members that we nominated to. Uh, send us in information about their car and photos of their car and we sit in a room and uh, we vote upon them um, so uh, it's uh, you know it's the opinion of this group uh, there's usually a ton of competition in many categories there could be 15 different cars nominated so winning a national award when you figure there's you know over 3,000 cars shown in a year and uh 62 of them are getting an award. Um, it's quite an accomplishment, and the folks that get these awards, uh, you can see the smiles on their faces and see how how honored they are that uh, they were chosen. And uh, many of them are extremely humble and didn't even expect to, to be here. And so it's it's kind of a cool thing to watch them get these awards. Um, you know, it's always really rewarding um, to watch people receive their national awards because many of them, they've had these cars for, in some cases, multiple generations, and they've been, you know, passed from generation to generation, and the restoration may have been started in the first generation, and then 
some of it finished in the second, and then by the time they get to the third generation, they finally get the car finished and show it in the in AACA and then end up winning a national award. And it's really gratifying because sometimes you'll see multiple generations of family come to receive the award for the car. It's a big emotional thing, too. Um, in numerous, numerous times over the years that we've had uh, people... Um, come in and I mean, literally brought the tears up there over their joy. So, um, so yeah. Steve, how um, how would somebody go about re- getting into AACA right now? Um, we go to the website and look us up. Yeah. And you fill everybody in and maybe talk about the military, uh, special military membership program we have. Too. Yeah, so uh, there's there's some simple ways to join AACA. You can go to our website, which is www.aaca.org, um, and it'll take you to a page that you can join the club. You also can call us. Um, we have real live people uh, when you call our our facility, and any one of them will be happy to take your membership. Uh, it's 717 area code 534 1910. Uh, the dues are $45 a year, a calendar year, and uh, well worth it in our opinion, particularly with our 100 page uh, full color magazine. Um, when a lot of other clubs and organizations have cut down the size of their magazine and the quality of paper because everything is going so hot. Sky high. We've we've done the opposite. If anything, we've uh, we've increased the quality of our our magazine. So it's worth it for that alone. Uh, it's worth it to be able to attend our events. Um, we do have something unique. Um, if you are retired military, um, you can call us and get a form, or go to the website get a form. We will give one year free membership. To our our uh, retired military veterans, um, pretty nice program, and and most of those that accept the free membership uh, continue on with us. So uh, obviously, it's working pretty well. No, it's it's been a very very successful program, um, and it's been really gratifying to see so many people renew and enjoy what we're doing. Um, because of course, you know. To, Tonight is all about the awards, and it's all about the cars, all about everything that, you know, is the culmination of a restoration. But there's so many other things that we do as well. You know, we have uh, many tours throughout the country, driving events throughout the country every year that people can participate in. And it's it's not just for, you know, as people would say, outside uh, trailer queens. It's uh, it's for everybody. It's for any type of enthusiast, anybody that has a driver car or or has a well preserved original car. It's just you know AACA is a really big tent. We accept anything that's twenty five years and older in AACA. Um, tell us a little bit too. One of the bigger benefits I think of AACA is just simply being able to network with other people and. Uh, learn about your car, learn about what to do with your car, how to go about a restoration, how to go about repairing, how to go about finding parts, and and our forums are a really good tool for that, and even though forums seem to be sort of 
something of the past. That's really not the case with AACA. We have a really robust forum, Steve. Yeah, um, I, let me just, I was a little remiss in not stating, and you just brought up a good point about our tours. We do actually have national awards for tour cars, and we do have national awards for our original cars, and we do have national awards for what we call our drivers, the, the cars that do the cruising. So there's even national awards for those type of cars that are not restored to the, the utmost uh, quality. But with the club comes a, a huge network of people who have expertise in, in a lot of areas. We have a very active uh, forum with over 100 different forums uh, at www.aca.org where you can reach out to subject matter experts, people that uh, are uh, in the restoration field or people that um, just are marked experts that will help you in, in all your needs in either finding parts, identifying parts, um, how to repair something. Um, so it's a very active culture, uh, including when you're at events like this. People talk back and forth. You always learn learn something uh, there as well. And, of course, be remiss in saying that, that we have a uh, free public library um, that's available to members and, and non-members uh, that has over 3 million documents and a full-time staff that are available to do research for you. So um, uh, there's an awful lot of benefits to people, particularly if they're uh, rather new to the organization and, and, and of course, others. I mean, there's, there's people that have been searching for years for answers or parts, and, and because of their association with AACA, uh, they finally get their needs met. So... Um, it's a large community and a good community and a helpful community. So uh, if you're anxious to get into the car hobby, um, you know, we're, we're the place to go. And, and you don't have to own a car to, to be involved in the AACA. Um, there's all sorts of other ways to get involved with your local regions and chapters and uh, to learn and, and get involved in different activities. And who knows, maybe someday you'll... You'll have one of our collector cars. So you make a really, really good point about the community that exists within AACA and, and the hobby and the forums as well. You know, just particularly when you're looking for something of a particular interest, whether it be a particular type of car or a particular type of information in terms of repair work or finding parts and that sort of thing. And a great example of that was just this past week, uh, you sent me an email early one morning and told me, sent me a link to our forums. Um, I checked it out, and there was a 1917 Bush automobile uh, advertised for sale there and on our forums, and it's one of only five known vehicles in existence built by the Piedmont Motor Car Company of Lynchburg, Virginia. And because of that tip, I was able to uh, contact them and make a deal, but only through the generosity of another member, because 
someone had actually already built and bought the car. And, you know, through your contacts, we're taking a break. We'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. So, welcome back. So, Steve and I were just talking about the fact that uh, I was able to use the AACA forum. Thanks to Steve, he saw a 1917 Bush automobile that was produced by the Piedmont Motor Car Company of Lynchburg, Virginia. Tipped me off to it. I got in on the forum and tried to contact the guy that had posted it for sale. And... uh, Unfortunately, at least at first, I thought, well, gosh, you know, it's too bad. Some other fellow, a uh, guy by the name of George Albright, had, had bought this car ahead of me, just just beat me to it. And, uh, you know, we Steve had reached out to George and talked to him about the Virginia Museum of Transportation and the fact that we would really love to have that car. And, uh, you know, it's just what this hobby's all about. Next thing I know, I get a phone call from George, and he tells me, you know, I made a deal on the car. I'll just go ahead and lateral that deal to you guys, and that way that car will go to where it needs to be in the Virginia Museum of Transportation. So how's that for generosity? And he'd made a really good deal on this car, too, and so that deal conveyed to uh, us at the Virginia Museum of Transportation, which uh, for those of you probably in the audience, i really never said anything about it, but I've been a member of the board of directors for the Virginia Museum of Transportation for now about 22 years. So anyhow, we're super excited to get that 1917 uh, Bush car built by Piedmont, and uh, it'll be coming to our collection sometime in the next couple of weeks. So pretty exciting stuff, and that's just one little example of something that is a needle in a haystack combined with the generosity and the helpful nature of everybody that's in the hobby. So testament to it and of course a testament to the generosity and kindness of our ceo mr stephen l moskowitz naturally naturally now that was a cool story that really is i mean it really was a good example 
how, it's, how it's cool stuff is. Absolutely a great example that of the kinds of people we have in this hobby and, and the people that are are as current concerned as we are about preserving history and um, making sure that um, our cars are around for forever and that people get to enjoy seeing and hearing and driving and, and watching all, all the great great automobiles of the past. So uh, um, it's, a, it's a perfect story about how strong this hobby is and, and the networking that's available to people. The uh, so, just to um, pry your uh, memory just a little bit, um, our Grand National this year is going to be in Moline, uh, Bettendorf, Bettendorf, Iowa, which is near Moline. Yep, yep, the Quad Cities. There's a whole bunch of places <laughs> all right together. So, and and for people that are unaware of the AACA Grand National, you know, I've often said that it is the largest assemblage of the finest and most diverse show fields in the country at any other time of the year. Um, you'll see more cars, a more variety of cars, trucks, motorcycles, anything with wheels. And Triumph going to be there. Oh, even Triumphs? You're kidding me? And triumphs. Like triumphs in? Yes, they will. Well, I mean, someone's got to drop the oil on the, on the pavement. Come on. I was getting ready to say, that's why Steve has to drag a 50-pound bag of uh, oil dry around in the Suburban every time he goes to one of our <laughs> national shows. <laughs> Just because of uh, British car fun. owners. Yep, yeah. yep. But uh, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Great calls. Well, well well, Steve, um, is there anything else you'd like to say to us about AACA while we've got uh, you here? Well, I, I'll just, you know, sign off and and say that your listeners should be aware that uh, Tom is um, retiring from our national board after 15 years of 16 years of, of very loyal service. Um, service that uh, he worked very hard. He was a two-time national president. Um, he was around for some of our most difficult days uh, of, of the club's existence, and he was at the forefront of handling all these things. So uh, as much grief as I give him, uh, and as much disrespect as I try to show him, um, <laughs> his, his, his loss uh, to the board is is something that can't be measured. Um, we will hopefully keep him still involved in a multitude of ways. He's going to be on some committees and still on our national awards team. But uh, uh, Tom will be honored today for his years of service, and rightly so. And we have a little couple surprises in store for him by the end of the weekend, and uh, I think he will be... Uh, uh, his heart will be warmed by it, but I know this is a bittersweet moment for him because he is, as you listeners probably know all too well, Tom is is every bit as passionate about the car hobby as anybody could be. So, um, you know, we'll miss him on the board, but um, I'm sure the phone lines will be ringing and communication will stay open. And uh, on behalf of 
the club and all its members, we owe him a huge debt of gratitude and a thank you. Well, I, I don't know. I think, you know, uh, that check, you don't cash it until Wednesday, okay? The funds won't be available until Wednesday. Oh, the check I, 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 I already threw know. it away. I knew it wasn't going to be any good. <laughs> so, thank you. Um, yeah, AACA is just, quite frankly, one word, the best, or, one sentence, the best organization in the world for anyone with a collector car, period. Um, there's nothing else that comes close. I belong to Mark Clubs. I love the Mark Clubs, but uh, AACA is the mothership of them all. And, you know, the nice thing about it, you know, it's, it is a bittersweet departure from the AACA Board of Directors because it's been a job, been a second job for all these years. But uh, that's at, at least to know that I kept the seat warm for my pal Richard Lentinello, who has been elected to the AACA National Board of Directors. So I'm really happy to have uh, Richard uh, assume my seat. Um, we, we, we don't have names on our director chairs, but uh, maybe we should think about that so that I could actually formally award my seat to Richard. <laughs> well, now, now, that Richard, now that Richard's on the board, we've had a saying in, in our hobby that you... You come for the cars and you stay for the people. And now that Richard's on the board, we have a new saying, and it's "God help us." So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, now that I'm going to be uh, driving the bus, uh, hopefully I won't drive it off a cliff. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> or, or, or drive it over. But it's glad. So <laughs> we'll drive it over you. But it, it, it's great to be on board, and I thank everyone for the consideration. It's going to be great. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be good. Well, Steve, um, I know you've got always got pressing engagements. I don't want to keep you any longer and uh, have you stressed out on this, our uh, most important uh, evening of the year. So we'll, we'll cut, you, cut you loose, and uh, then I'll uh, hammer on Richard a little bit. Sounds great. Have a good one, guys. Uh, Thank you, Steve. Take okay, care bye. of yourself. See you soon. Thanks, Steve. Okay, guys, it's uh, time. This is a good point to take a break. So we'll do that, and we'll be back with Tom and Richard right after a couple of messages. And one of them is about some kind of magazine. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. 
Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Doc. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, we're back. So that was a good interview with Mr. Moskowitz and the AACA chairman of the board. So that's very cool. What's his official title, anyway? It's actually the the chief executive officer of the Antique Automobile Club of America. So he, he's the big kahuna. Good. Well, it's nice having it on board. So uh, what what should we talk about today? Anything of interest? I know I was roaming around the streets of Williamsburg yesterday. It was kind of nice. But let's talk about some car stuff. The weather was fantastic um but you know so usually you know every once in a while we talk about you know good cars uh are cheap uh cheap cars are good cheap tools are bad all that and uh, i was perusing after we had had dinner yesterday evening and uh looking through marketplace and i came across a a friendly face, uh, 57 Chrysler Saratoga, and, man, it just took me back when I saw that picture. It uh, was the same colors. I had a hardtop. I had a New Yorker, though, um, 57 New Yorker two-door hardtop in these exact same colors. And, man, I just saw that car, and it just took me way back. And I, I bought that car. It was my first real car project. I bought it. I was 13 years old, and it was... Uh, owned by a guy in Hampton, Virginia. I paid $35 for it, and it cost me 60 bucks to get it home. Um, had the 392 Hemi in it. Uh, it was special ordered with uh, uh, dual car- Carter WCFB, uh, four-barrel carbs, and uh, a dual-point distributor. I put a... It had skipped the timing. The timing had skipped. The timing chain had gotten slack, and... Uh, that was my first big undertaking at 13 was uh, pulling the front of that engine apart and putting the new timing chain in and uh, after that brakes all of that stuff and I used to take it out and cruise the neighborhood when my uh, parents weren't home so 
sometimes uh, at some pretty high speeds. And the cool thing about it was the neighbors never would say anything to my parents about me out there driving around in the neighborhood with this car when I didn't have a driver's license because I worked on all their outboard motors and their chainsaws and their lawnmowers and everything, and so they cut me flat. So this went on for, I don't know, better part of a year. Um, every time Mom and Dad would go to the grocery store or something, I'd hop in the Chrysler, take off throughout the neighborhood, and... Uh, <laughs> one fate. What a juvenile delinquent you were! <laughs> you really one were juvenile delinquent. That, <laughs> I took that. I took that car out, and I was. I mean, I would get out on what was called Adam Keeling Road, and I could get that thing up to about really quickly up to about sixty miles an hour. I mean, you know, it was just rolling, 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 and I, uh, I ran out of gas. <laughs> Wasn't paying attention. Ran out of fuel. So I coast to the side of the road, and then I, I book it. I'm running, running as hard as I can to get to the house and uh, grab a gas can. So I get in the shed, I grab the gas, and I'm running, running, running several several blocks. And I'm just about to the car, and I see my parents come up over the hill in the car, and I was totally busted. Um, car was taken away. Couldn't touch it for six months. Oh, it was it was awful. It's awful. But uh, that '57 Chrysler Saratoga I saw, you know, thirty-five hundred dollars, pretty good deal for that car, uh, given the fact that those cars were really rusty, rust-prone. Uh, my '57 New Yorker was very rusty um, in the rockers and above the headlights and in all the usual places. Sadly, they were were very prone to rust, and uh, so. It brought back a lot of memories. It doesn't have the 392 V8 in it, Hemi V8 in it, but uh, it's got a 354 V8, 295 horse engine. Uh, but just cool. Great car for $3,500. It's a great, great opportunity, but I better not go buy one. I don't have any more room at the end. I'm done. $3,500, that, that's like a score. I mean, that's a lot of car for the money. It really is. And they're quite opulent inside. You know, they were very comfortable. They had that nice fabric. And, uh, wow, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better deal than that today. So uh, for those people who say you can't get into the old car hobby because cars are too expensive, that's not true. This is a perfect example. So, uh, yeah, I would say go for it. Even though you don't have room, I think maybe your wife would like to have it. So maybe with uh, Mother's Day coming up or her birthday, maybe you should, uh, you know, surprise her. Spend that you money, think on. So, can't huh? take it with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, can't can't take it with you. But you know, I could keep it at your house. How's that? That might be a good thing. Maybe sure. I can keep it down there in Knoxville. I can hide it. Yeah, my uh, three dachshunds would love to have a place to hang out inside in a comfortable, you know, priceless seat in the upholstery, and they could piss all over it, and it'd be nice. Yeah, sure, no problem. Bring it down. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Little Enzo would probably fit right in the glove box, wouldn't he? Huh? That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, so we had really agreed that we were going to talk about um, originality and and preservation and, you know, upgrade to upgrade or not to upgrade. And uh, I think we felt like, you know, Everyone wants to upgrade engines. They want to do all these things. Uh, but, you know, the cars were built to run, and the cars were, were built to uh, 
operate as they were when they came from the factory, and they did so reliably. There's not a reason. Now, you know, it kills me every time I see someone with a 63 or 64 Cadillac um, talking about swapping in an LS1. And, uh, you know, those engines in the cars were very, very reliable. You know, the three, the 390 and then the three, and the 429, very reliable engines without a lot of uh, issues. Why change it out? And then go to a, all electronics and everything else when, you know what, if that car breaks down unless you have a catastrophic failure of some sort, it's easy to repair on the side of the road. I've been there, done that many, many times. Yep, I agree. You know, just don't make the mistake that I made. I bought this uh, 81 LTD station wagon from the original owner who lived in Florida. And I don't think he drove it more than 50 miles per hour the entire time. And it had like 75,000 miles on it. So what did I do? Try to upgrade it a little. I put in uh, synthetic oil. So I was moving to Vermont. It was a colder climate. Synthetics makes engines start quicker. And... uh what I discovered was the synthetic dislodged all the carbon buildup. Well, the guy never really, you know, revved the engine or, you know, made it rev high on the on the highway. It was all a local car. And uh, before you know it, I'm driving along, and uh, I see the red light come on, and engine started shaking, the bearing started making noise, and kaboom. So uh, synthetic oil is a great upgrade. Wow. But you gotta be you got to be careful. Which engines you put in, if the engines have a lot of mileage, if they have a lot of dirt, internal dirt, that's got to be, you know, cleaned out. So uh, upgrades are great, but you just got to be careful what you do and how you do it. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, you know, part of the issue really was, you know, the older oils, not so much today, but old oil formulations were paraffin-based, and the buildup within the engines was significant. And then if you introduce all the modern oils with the detergents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you dislodge some of that stuff. It's really easy to get it, and probably that's what probably happened to your LTD. You know, all this garbage gets loosened up. It, and it flows through the engine, gets down into the uh, pan. It's emulsified, and then it gets picked up by your uh, uh Pickup screen, pickup tube for the oil in the in the uh, in the pan, and it clogs the screen, the pickup screen, and it restricts the flow of oil. And then, bada bing, bada boom, you're out of there. Yeah. You know, spun bearing I, or something like that. When I took that engine apart, oh my god, it was filled with carbon buildup. All the oil galleys were just clogged. The oil filter. You know, the oil screen on the pump in the, in the sump, it was clogged. It was just awful what, what happened. But, uh, you know, synthetic oil is the way to go. So that's good one upgrade that you could do, and I, I definitely recommend it. The only thing that I'll say is you'll need to keep a, keep a close check on the uh, oil levels because the synthetic, it's so slippery, it tends to get past your seals. And uh, you might have a little bit more leakage than you would expect with uh, conventional oil with some of the older older cars. Now, you know, all of my new vehicles uh, all fully synthetic. Um, I have a 94 Ford F-150 pickup 
that I bought brand new with the 306 cylinder in it, uh, five-speed manual transmission, and I have fed it a steady diet of fully synthetic motor oil from day one, and uh, it has nearly 200,000 miles on it. It doesn't burn a drop of oil. So, I mean, you know, there's something to be said, the newer oils, especially if you rebuild your engine. If you rebuild your engine and you start it on a diet of, of synthetic, it really works works in your favor. It pays big dividends down the road. But, yeah, I feel I feel good about running synthetic, you know. It feels your engine's happy, you know. You want a happy engine, right? Ah, Richard, I've lost Richard for a time being, so... Oh, here anyway. I'm back. I'm at back. I'm oh, at the customer at back. the booth. So, uh, did you sell anything? Yeah, just on the subscription. Yes, and they bought all the back issues. So, uh, now I'll have enough money to uh, get home tonight or uh, tomorrow. So, uh, that's good. We're happy. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to cart you all the way back to Knoxville. Um, no, no. So... <laughs> But, you know, uh, other things that you can do, of course, uh, coolants, um, you know, coolants are a lot better than they've ever been. Um, whether you use uh, uh, just a, a standard ethylene glycol mix, but all the uh, additives that are in there uh, really cut down on rust and corrosion within the cooling system, um, much better products. And there are a number of products that you can buy, um, Hypercool and some others, that if you add it to your cooling system, that it'll drop your temperature as well. So, you know, for people that have just yeah, a redline. minor issue, yeah, it does a great job. Yeah, Redline, um, it's, yeah, it's called Redline Water Weather. And it reduces the temperature of the water. But you can also use Evans coolant, which yes. you have to make sure your entire system is drained, including all the water out of the block. And that is a non-water-based coolant system. And Evans cooling will reduce the temperature of your water, something like 40 degrees. I mean, it's amazing. That stuff is amazing. It's a little expensive. It's about $50 a gallon. But uh, it's well worth it if you live in a warm climate. You know, I, I think, and, you know, I have friends that actually run that in some of the older older cars um, just simply because their cooling systems weren't as efficient as modern-day vehicles. Um, and so it drops the temperature down, particularly in the summertime. I know I have trouble uh, with my pre-war cars. If I idle for long periods of time or if I'm stuck in traffic and temperatures above 90 degrees, you know, I can overheat. Um, and so I have used the water wetter, and that dropped my temperature back about 10%. Um, so I think the last time I checked it, I was down about 18 degrees over what I was with uh, just standard coolant 50-50 uh, ethylene glycol water mix. So it was a big, big plus for me helped out a lot. Cool. So good, good, what good type of, some positive reviews. Yep. What what type of upgrades have you done on your British cars? Uh the only upgrades I've done are a five vein water pump instead of a four vein, so you circulate more water. 
but the exterior of the pump looks, you know, bone stock. And then I put in the uh, electronic ignition to get rid of the points. But, you know, you keep your points in the glove box just in case the electronics go kaboom while you're driving, which, which you know, usually is a rare case if, if it's not, you know, installed properly. So I did that, and I did, uh, I think, better uh, ignition wires. And uh, let me see what else I did. Oh, besides radial tires, of course, uh, you know, uh, all synthetic fluids. So uh, that's about all the upgrades that I've done. And when I had my other cars, I had my 64 Le Mans Pontiac, I did some major upgrades. Like I put LT1 Camaro disc brakes on it with with 12-inch ventilated rotors, and I put a uh, Grand National Buick steering box, uh, which which just bolts right into the older, you know, A-body, GMA body, and uh, that box cost me like 110 bucks, and it goes down from 22 to 1 ratio to 12 to 1 ratio, so it was like driving an MG, so uh, there's a lot of upgrades you could do that are not aesthetically changed from the originality of the car, they look bone stock, and a steering box, to me, if you, know, if you have an older American car from the 60s, or even the 50s. Uh, there are so many upgrade steering boxes that you can get with closer ratios, and uh, it makes a heck of a difference when you're going through, you know, twisty roads and stuff. And the, you know, the car's not all over the place. It's just it's you feel more direct, you feel more connected to the road when you have a closer ratio steering box. <laughs> so that that's worth having. No, that's a, that adds to adds to the fun and enjoyment of driving the car for sure. No doubt about it. Um, you know, another thing, of course, the only car that I've done a, that has a substantial upgrade that I have, um, I have a, because I just like them the way they were built. But that being said, um, the 48 Nash Ambassador, it has power steering on it. Um, it's conveniently tucked way in, down tight, close to the engine on the bottom. And uh, you really have to look hard to find it. Um, but it has a Saginaw steering box um, adapted to it, and it makes driving that car a, a real joy. And it also has Coker Classic uh, radials on it as well, you know, which look a lot like the original tires, but, you know, have the benefits of uh, the drivability of radial tires and uh between that and the power steering, man, that car is just a dream to drive. I love it. Um, you know, you were talking about... You know, about, getting, getting uh, back... Go ahead. I, w- I was going to say, getting back to, uh, you know, cooling the car and radiators, uh, I know a lot of people put uh, electric fans on their radiators, and I see a lot of people put uh, push fans in the front of the radiator, but actually a pull fan is much more efficient if you put it on the back side of the radiator facing the engine, because you're actually pulling air through the veins of the radiator as opposed to when you push the air through, it bounces back. So, you know, doing a pull fan is, is a great addition. You could, you know, it, I mean, you're going to see it, even though it's black, you know, you're still going to see it. But uh, it, it offers a big advantage if you're stuck in traffic with your old car and the... Uh, fan attached to the uh, crankshaft is not spinning fast enough to cool you down. You just flick the switch and you got your electric fan going. So 
that's something that everyone should consider doing. You know, I, I'm seeing it's just one of the few times where you and I just will differ a little bit, you know, and I, I think it's just a matter of personal taste, but I absolutely, I, I hate those fans. I just absolutely hate them. I'm one of those people that I'm thinking, you know, okay, there are a lot of other things I can do first. You know, I could go to, right. uh, as you were pointing out earlier, Evans High Performance Waterless Engine Coolant, and uh, you can pick it up for $54.95 uh, from uh, EvansCoolant.com. Uh, really, really good stuff and recommended for classic cars. But like you say, you've got to thoroughly flush your system and so forth. But, uh, yeah, works really, really well. If that doesn't work, um, you can always... If your car was a non-air-conditioned car, and this is usually this is obviously for cars during the period of air conditioning, uh, which started on Packard, what was it, 38 or 39, uh, 40, the first air-conditioned automobile, somewhere in there. Anyhow, so after that fact, generally cars with air conditioning have additional uh, blades on the fan. They also have additional uh, rows in the radiator core. So if you upgrade, you know, your non-air-conditioned car, you could go to uh, air-conditioned, like, three-core or four-core radiator. You can go to an air-conditioned fan, which has more blades on it. Um, So there's a lot of little upgrades you can do. Um, sometimes the air-conditioned cars came with a sh- uh, fan shroud, which uh, makes it more efficient, whereas yeah. the non-air-conditioned car didn't have a shroud on it at all. Um, so I'll do a whole bunch of other things before I put one of those plastic fans on my radiator. It's just I like agree. having a big, a big zit, you know? <laughs> right. The plastic fan would be like a last resort. Right. A last resort. I agree. I would rather... It's like... Up, I, would, <laughs> I would upgrade from a three-row radiator to a four-four than have that plastic fan. But, you know, if all else fails, that's what you got to do. You know? Yeah, I don't know. For, for me, it's like coming out of the... Uh, restroom with uh, toilet paper stuck to your shoe, you know? I won't go there. But that's just me. I, I absolutely hate hate those uh, hate those fans, but we all have our pet peeves, and, and that's just my own personal sore spot. Yeah. Um, but other things that you can do that work well, you know, how do you feel about silicone brake fluid well I I put it in my triumph uh, so I replaced the entire brake system including new brake calipers new wheel filters new brake lines so I know there was none of the old fluid in there that could you know uh, play, wreak havoc with the silicone fluid so that that's important you got to have a clean system and I'm putting the brake system together on my TR3, and that's all new, including all new lines. So that's going to be also uh, silicone because I just don't like it when, you know, the old fluid drips, and then before you know it, there goes your paint job, and it just it peels away like aircraft paint stripper, you know? And I'm trying to avoid that. But the pedal action is a little softer. You know, you'll notice it. It's not as hard pedal as the old fluid. Right. Uh, but uh, there really are no issues if 
if you bleed it correctly. Uh, once you get used to the slightly softer pedals, you're fine. It's okay. So, I'm well, a fan of it. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, what, what you thought about it. You know, that's something you and I had never really spoken about. I, I'm not, you know, I don't like the way the pedal feels. Uh, and that's just me. Right. It's just a personal preference thing. So, you know, I, I like a, a nice, hard pedal when I go to stop. And, you know, I guess you get used to, you know, you, it's all in what you get used to. Um, right. And we've got a, got a minute left to go i think that's uh we're getting up close on a hard break so i guess um we're going to continue to uh enjoy everything here at the aaca annual convention in williamsburg virginia and uh tonight we'll have the big uh award ceremony where uh people will be celebrating all the fruits of their labor uh it's going to be a lot of fun and people are going to spend time with friends and uh and you and I might actually hang out and uh, avoid an adult beverage, right? Well, I'm looking forward to you uh, treating me to some drinks since I did drive you here. So uh, it'll be nice <laughs> to get some free beer. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I like things that are free. So if anybody wants to buy me beers, hey, you know, I'm here. <laughs> so why not? You're here, you're cheap, you're easily bought. Is that what you're telling people? Huh? I'm easily bought. However, I don't like no. cheap tools. Cheap tools are not good. Cheap tools are bad. Hey, folks, thank you. We we'll look forward to seeing you next weekend for another episode of uh, Automotive Mayhem. Riveting. Classic car show. <laughs> riveting, riveting. The most scintillating hour in uh Web Radio. See you guys later. Take care. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.